Hello and welcome to the Coast to Coast College Admissions Podcast. Each week, we talk about different college admissions topics and answer those tough questions you may be dealing with concerning getting into the college of your choice. We know how difficult this process can be, so each week, we try and make it easier to navigate. Now, here's your host, Anna Wren and Mark Hoffer. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Coast to Coast College Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Anna, with... Mark Hofer, and we are here with a guest, Tally Nasher. She is a graduate of NYU Film, and she's worked in television and entertainment, and she's also a graduate of film school. She's also a believer that film, art, and any other school is an education as much as an education in any other traditional field, like business or science. Welcome, Tally. Thank you so much. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Mark. Thank you for having me. That was a great introduction. Yes, thank you. I do come from the world of entertainment. I did uh, two things mostly. I was a literary agent representing uh, television writers, and I worked on sitcoms as a camera coordinator. Now I'm a very happy college counselor who specializes in artists. So, Sally, we, we had a hard time identifying which questions that we wanted to cover in the podcast. And we had so many of them that uh, we're trying to narrow down a couple of the areas on which we can uh, get your, your input and your experience and your ideas and how you work with students. And I have kind of an odd background, and most of the podcast listeners know that I'm also a glass blower, and I've also worked as an engineer, and I also have a background in music. So what you do in working with art students is really, really exciting to me. One of the first questions I have for you is, so a lot of times there are different ways of approaching how a person becomes a professional artist. And for example, when I work with uh, students who think that they want to pursue glassblowing, they'll often ask me, well, should I attend a glassblowing school or should I attend a different kind of program? And in different professions like glassblowing, we often encourage students to go right into the business world or the profession of glassblowing and also get another education at the same time, be that business or be that production. So in your experience, are there particular areas of art that lend themselves really well to art school? Yes, and there are many, many, I mean, <laughs> as all the answers in, in relating to college, I'd say it depends. Uh, for example, if a student wanted to do full-time art, I'd say yes, go to art school. If a student wasn't sure, I'd say maybe try to go to school in a city where you can get an internship in a particular area. So I think it depends really on the student's devotion, main point of interest, and if the family's willing financially to send them to an art school. Meaning if, if everything is yes, I think an art school would be better because art school ju doesn't just teach you that one craft, it teaches you about other crafts, it teaches you how to think about the craft, how it is thought about in the world and kind of applies it to the bigger world. Do you know what I mean? So while I think working at a place, interning is fabulous uh, in a way that a co-op program does it, you study half the year and then you work, I think that's great. But um, for most arts, fine arts, performing arts, I'd say stick to the art school. Understood. Great. And you brought up a great point, Tally, which is the finances, that that being a check. 
as you and we all know, uh, parents are concerned about ROI of college, return on investment. So I guess the question is, many parents have is, is art school a good investment for my money, for their child to go? Well, I think the answer is you could uh, make a very reasonable argument for the fact that yes, it is. And that is, you come out of art school with many real world skills. For example, if you come out of a film school, um, you may not be the next Jim Cameron, but you will know how to write, you will know how to analyze material, you might know how to use a camera, um, you might know how to edit. When you come out of um, art school, you um, know different kinds of art. And basically what I'm saying is you, you do come out with a skill. So if you want to work in that art, you can pursue it. If you want to pursue something else, you have something to fall back on um, as an income. So for example, in our um, freelance economy, where you know we'd no longer get that full-time job for 20 years and get um, what's it called, pension. But so in our freelance economy, it's good to have a skill for companies like Upwork or whatever. We can hire copywriters. We can hire graphic designers. We can hire editors to do our films. So basically, I guess my long answer is yes, art school is very, very worth it because you do come out with a tangible skill. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I am um, one of the, one of the things. Did I talk I, too much? Did I talk too much? No, again? not at all. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the things I teach leadership and that's kind of this overarching umbrella of uh, things that uh, I think are basically I, I teach as, as self-reflection and learning how to lead yourself and others. And I find I've been around a lot of thespians, a lot of actors, and I know that is your background, having gone to film school and a lot of the professional experience you've had. And one of the things I love being around actors because they have it, that charisma, which is one very important part of really good leadership. And I'm curious, when you find students who have gone to art school and they have that already, do you find them able to take other leadership roles that may not have even been on the plate when they initially went to school, but find themselves professionally following later? Yes, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily the actors. Um, <laughs> I agree with you that um, acting does teach all those skills, but I think that the skills you mentioned of self-reflection, openness, communication, vulnerability, um, honestly, I think you can learn that in the English department just as well. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, by studying literature, analyzing, studying cultures, anthropology, history, I think that makes leaders just as much. Um, acting certainly can help you if you have that charisma. It can help you to, um, to improve it for the camera, but you can't teach charisma. Yeah. And, and so I do think that, that, yes, acting is terrific for that, but generally I have found, especially the younger ones, actors want to stay actors. But for example, the kid in art school who realizes that he or she may not be a potential artist, but may want to go into curating and really knows how to deal with artists. Agreed. I just met with a student yesterday who's a thespian and, and has had a, a wonderful high school career as one. And she has discovered um, the debate, uh, ethics debating. And um, she has brought that, you know, training as an actor right into a very different 
uh, platform and found it found it to be not only um, very fun but also uh, like you say there are different ways that you can identify that well-rounded education and and I think uh, actors that little bit of it and charisma goes a long ways that's a great point and it made me it think. Does. If I recall, a few years ago, there was um, an actor who became a president. I mean, it definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not making it up. <laughs> yep. But yes, of course, actors are charismatic. But again, you can't you can't teach charisma. You can teach acting. Improve um, <laughs> <Yeah>. acting. <laughs> I used to take acting in college. I don't know what possessed me. Um, but I love the arts as well. I lived on a performing arts community actually uh, in college. And I remember my professor had said, actors are the smartest dumb people. And it has always stuck with me in terms of the amount of research that goes into, you know, preparing for a role. So I do think, I'm sure that is not limited to just actors though. Um, so what, I guess we've had some great examples so far already, but what are some personal examples that you've had in working with students where they've really kind of applied what they've learned elsewhere? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, many film students who did not become um, directors or writers will go into the entertainment business. Many will continue on to law school to become agents or managers. Um, oh. To business school to become agents or managers. Let me think. A lot of art people have moved on to working in museums, in publishing. Some are working at Starbucks, but I could say that about a lot of political science majors too. No, mo actually most of the students that I've worked with in art schools are actually working in their fields. That's wonderful. Yeah, I think, I really think that with our new economy, and by that I mean a global economy, there is so much work in entertainment that we're not aware of. So, of course, we think of top-tier things like Broadway, network television, Netflix winners, and all that. But the reality is, think of how many um, industrials we have to do. Um, I visit a lot of colleges now where instead of um, giving us their spiel, they'll show us a beautiful movie. Somebody made that movie. You know, somebody makes commercials. Somebody makes commercials for the markets in Korea, China, Japan, Dubai, it's not just America. So if you think about it, there is a lot of room for these skills. Well, I, I think when I watch a movie and you sit for the credits and you see the number of support, supporting roles, and I don't mean roles by acting, but I mean supporting occupations that go into making a movie or a television show or a record, all of those things, uh, are behind the scenes and definitely you need somebody with an artistic bent to make it come to life. Well, and not just that, but you're absolutely right, Mark, taking your point further, um, think how many shows that we may or may not watch on cable, but there are now hundreds of them. Each right. show um, employs hair people, makeup people. So really, if you think about it, each show is a very big employer. So I'm not entirely sure that, that the art world doesn't generate jobs. I think you just have to know how to look for them. Right. And, and different views for, for different approaches to how to enter that field and find your niche. Exactly. I'd also say that some top art schools now are offering two-year degrees, two-year associate degrees, um, in many fields where kids can just go straight out to work. Uh -huh. um, that's pretty amazing. That's great. You know, schools like Pratt offer 
two-year degrees, financially, that becomes a very compelling um, thing to look at. Yeah. And I, I, when I look at it that way, I think it's a much more viable consideration for some parents who have that you know, reticence about um, their student going to an art school for four years and, and possibly racking up a huge debt. But if there's a two-year commitment and then, you know, moving into a professional capacity, I think parents would be much more open to that. I, did, I didn't know that that was an area that has started to open up. I've noticed it recently while I was doing a lot of research here for the art schools, and I think that's pretty amazing. And let's not also forget, we've been talking about art schools, but we can also talk about art departments within large public universities and that sort of changes the finances as well. Um, because you can go, for example, um, to SUNY Purchase, which is a performing arts school, um, but part of the State University of New York. Um, there are a lot of public schools where you can get um, this kind of art education. So that's something to consider. Yeah, that's one thing. I, I, like USC, I mean, I know their film uh, department, their program is is very well respected, and um, having it part of a an educational umbrella there again, where students can also take and be exposed to what would be considered the traditional curriculum, um, as opposed to a, a more refined art program. I think there again, I think parents are much more open when they hear that that is is a possibility within the university itself. I completely agree. And there also might be many students who prefer to go that route. In other words, there mm -hmm. may be many students who really, really love film or dance, but know that they may not have a career in dance. Because, you know, let's face it, dancers have very, you know, like athletes, have a short lifespan. Yep. So let's say there's the kid who's passionate about dance and it's their therapy and whatnot but doesn't really want to commit, well, then go to a large university, study dance, but also study something else. At the end of the four years, you have your degree in whatever it is. You can either work in that field, pursue it, or get another degree and become um, a dance therapist, a dance teacher, a choreographer, a dance critic. I mean, th there are ways to take it. So I think when you're interested in many things and sort of look into the future, um, it might not be a bad idea to, to go to a university. So, Tally, how do you advise students who, for example, are trying to decide, like, organize their school list? And I'm sure you help your students with that and would have better perspective. Like, how do they decide between art schools, conservatories, an art department within a larger university? How do you have those conversations to help them kind of hone in on which schools are most suited for them to apply to? That's a great question, and it really depends on each student. So starting sort of backwards, the ones who really are so, so, so hyper-focused on something and have been doing it pretty much their whole life and it's the thing they live for, if their parents approve, I would recommend they might want to look into a conservatory because a conservatory is all art all the time. <laughs> um, if you're a little bit on the fence, you know, there's the university option. So I think that kind of, does that answer your question? It does, yeah, because I'm sure some students, like, they might not know, like, you know, is this just a hobby or is this something I want to throw myself into and which way is it best to go? Well, that's actually, I mean, it's sort of, it was a long, long time ago, but that, that was actually my track, is I grew up in New York City and um, 
but before the internet and you know before college counseling became a big deal and i really didn't know where to go to school and i actually dropped out of high school because i was a little bored and all i wanted to do in life was work in tv and i was too young to move to la because i didn't drive so it was pretty much nyu was my option um, it happened to be a wonderful option i'm very lucky hmm. that i grew up in new york and had it but um so i went to nyu and my first two years, I actually did exclusively liberal arts, just for the fun of it, just because my parents were like, study psychology, study psychology. And <laughs> I had a great time um, learning um, literature and politics, and it really opened up my mind, but I knew deep inside that TV was what I wanted. So I took a two-year leave of absence, and I came back and did TV exclusively, I kind of almost double majored, except I'm missing statistics and psychology, so I don't have a double major. <laughs> but, but my point is, is um, that was my track. I was a little unsure, and then I decided to give it a go, and it was worth it. My, um, uh, not to give you too many personal stories, but my daughter, who's already a college graduate, she was always... Um, sketching and doodling and into anime and into manga and into comics when she was very little. And by the time her college um, journey came around, I really wanted her to go to art school and pursue animation. <laughs> she was the one who said, no, 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 I have to study something practical, whatever that means, I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. And she ended up going to a wonderful university that was near a big city. She studied psychology. And in her, first, in her freshman year, she started doing scenery for the art department and was always on the stage with the art. So by second year, she started taking art classes. By the end of the second year, she was double majoring in art and psychology. That's what you could do at a large university, is basically not know that you want art, go in and pursue it. So she graduated with a double major. Um, she has a job. And right now, she's in graduate school for animation <laughs> <laughs> mom knows best huh tally yeah but see i'm one of the moms who says you're talented please do it <laughs> <laughs> um but 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 that's one thing i sort of want to say is maybe parents can understand it and if we talk about a different field and that is for example sports a lot of us send our kids to um high school football high school baseball and you know maybe they'll get a sports scholarship maybe they'll play in college but the point is even the ones who play in college, not all of them may go on to the NBA. But if they study business, they can go on to sports management, which is huge, sports business, um, stuff like that. So if you can equate the actor who, or the artist who just has the background but then takes it into a business level, um, I think you could equate it with sports and maybe parents would be more comfortable making that financial investment. Okay. That's such a great example, Tally. I'm going to use it. <laughs> please do. Please do. Hey, it's public knowledge now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, in talking about art school, what is the process like uh, in terms of what's, how is it different from applying to any other major or is it similar? It's similar, but it's a little bit more work. I mean, generally, they, most of the art schools I've worked with will want the Common App or their own application, but then you also need a lot of supplemental materials. And that, depending on your art, um, you'll find on the school's website. So it can be um, performances of dance, it can be 
photographs, um, whatever it is you need for your art. Obviously, musical pieces, auditions, original pieces. Uh, it depends on the art. So what are some of the formats that you find uh, students are, are conveying um, either their portfolios or um, examples of their art and their artistic background? Um, what are some of the most common and most popular vehicles that colleges want to see um, evidence of that? Mostly slide room, but I think in any way you can upload it. I was just looking at some colleges yesterday to check. They seem pretty open to just like uploading it. So if it's Zimi, that's fine. If it's your own thing, that's fine. If it's through supplemental materials, that's fine. Do you, do you find that uh, colleges are open to students, you know, putting things on YouTube and putting a link to it in their application? I haven't seen a problem. I haven't seen it. You know, I don't want to speak for universities. I haven't seen a problem. If, put it this way, if I were on an admissions committee, I would think it's something great. It's another piece of the student. So I don't know. But so, I would think it's great. On that same kind of venue, have you had students who, when they, they say they're going to submit something uh, in their application, and they bring it to you, and you see that it might not be appropriate or providing mm. them in the, in, the, in the best light how do you you know how do you talk about what might provide them the best opportunity to uh showcase and shine a light on what they do very delicately <laughs> <laughs> it depends what i would try to do is accentuate more of the positive that can be included and take out things that might be misconstrued. And uh, can you give an example of maybe something that a student has thought, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever done. I really wanna share it with the university. You look at it and go, you know, might you consider this instead? Yes, but that would be more in the essay form or in writing oh, okay. form. I've never seen that. But, you know, I find that more when the students feel like they have to explain something that maybe doesn't need to be explained or they want to share <laughs> something that's meaningful to them that is meaningful but maybe misconstrued. Um, I would sort of say stay away from that. I'd also say stay away from being funny because funny is very subjective. And what you think might be funny on your application might not seem to the reader that way. So um, it's not only stay away from negativity, but actually also humor, which is, I love humor, but time and place. That's I, I a tell, great point. I tell students humor is the third rail if not taken wisely. <laughs> <laughs> so I've worked with a lot of uh, engineers in aerospace and one of the things that I really find fascinating is how many of them have, uh, are actually practicing artists in many different forms. Um, I, I've known aerospace engineers who are very highly capable in their field, but on the side, they pursue things like woodworking. And I've seen amazing artwork that they've done as well. And in talking with them, I've found that they have always had that bent, but much like when you're much like your daughter, when they looked at colleges, they're going, I, or in mean colleges and, and, and majors, they said to themselves, they're practical and I need to have something that I can support me. I'm good at math. So I'll do this. And they'll go into engineering, which they're very good at. However, later in life, 
they find out that what really makes their heart sing is their artistic avenues. And I'm curious how many of your, uh, the students that you've worked with who have gone into art school have taken a left turn and gone into something that is uh, maybe it's art related, but much more scientific. Have you found that? I have actually, your example was spot on. Um, it's only one kid, um, but he went to Berkeley College of Music. He was like a music savant, but he was brilliant in everything. And he ended up um, leaving to go study engineering. Um, he already has a master's in engineering. He went to a, a tech school in Israel called the Technion, which is a very, very hard school to get into. And he decided, his father um, is a similar guy. His father is a businessman who plays music on the side. They're, they're just talented people who the left and the right brain work. And he decided that um, engineering was more his calling. But yes, on the flip side, I know many, many architects and a few engineers who are very musical and at night that's, you know, how they relax. Exactly. Um, they figure that, you know, they need to do the engineering, the architecture for a living and they love it and they're very good at it. And I don't think that they regret not being professional musicians in this case, but I think they certainly needed to feel whole. Yeah. There's uh, it's funny you brought up Berkeley, the author of a book called your brain on music, <laughs> a graduate of Berkeley. And he's now a neurosurgeon. So wow, yeah, it, it's an interesting kind of combination of, of skill sets and and interests and passions for sure. Well, it's like they say that I think Da Vinci and you know uh, a lot of the famous artists were also scientists. Um, and you know, if we talk about art schools, and then we could talk about art schools with industrial design, and then we go into architecture before you know it, we're back in science and engineering, and right. we've made a full circle. So because education really is a full circle, I sort of see it as a pie. I don't see it as an either or go to this box or go to that box. We're just trying to eat the pie in any way we can. Yeah. One of the 800-pound gorillas in the room when you talk with a student who is 17, and I think that's one of the things that we really need to identify and that the students we work with are basically, you know, 17, 18 years old, and they haven't had a whole bunch of water under the bridge and experience, but they've got an idea of what they think they're passionate about. And I think one of the things that uh, we need to consider is they may, they are likely to change their mind. So that 800-pound gorilla for the student who says, I want to be an actor, well, they actually may become an actor, just like an, uh, an athlete may actually become a professional athlete. But the probability isn't really, really high. So how do you talk with a student about probabilities and mm. the percentages of becoming either a working actor or somebody who is at the very top of, of those very small number of people who do that particular profession? Well, <clears throat> there are many ways to talk about it, but I would actually answer this by saying something I heard at Harvey Mudd, <clears throat> which is an engineering school, and that is that they want all their engineers, no matter what department they're in, to take classes in the other engineering departments, meaning they said to us at the tour, how many of you had one career in your life? And none of us raised our hand because we all had many careers. I guess. <laughs> it's basically, uh, how, do, how do you um, 
how do you justify or how do you frame the reality of how many people are professional actors with how many people go into acting thinking that they are going to be and there are very few spots that are available so the probability isn't real high that they they are going to achieve that goal but also the idea of how they position themselves in which schools that they attend yes well so with actors i would definitely say to or the actors i've worked with um because they have been a little bit like mm, maybe it's you know there's not longevity in it to those students i say go to a large university and they have i have not had any acting students in conservatories um no juilliard in this case um you know acting is also a skill that you can take further for example many people who studied acting and did not make it as actors are actually in our field right now as college counselors or people who are writers because we know the skills we know how to take apart an essay do you know what i mean so i think that um just learning all these skills in our economy where we have to take care of ourselves as opposed to relying on a stable job is only something that can help us it just adds another you know it's like on a resume you add another skill agreed that's I'm great glad you, i'm glad Did you brought that up that makes sense Did oh absolutely yeah i'm i'm glad you brought up harvey mudd the president of harvey mudd maria clawey is also not only is she a great engineer she is a great painter so ah get that little piece in there I think many nice great actors are many are very very good artists. Oh I yeah, they are, and they have a lot of the skills for both in the sense of that you need a lot of alone time for your thoughts, for your designs, your sketches, and you also need a lot of collaborations. Engineers don't work alone. Um <laughs> even if they want to. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Power to the introverts. Um <laughs> No, but that's that's one of the things you you learn when you when you have to switch so many fields is kind of like just jump in and learn how to swim. And I think that to a certain extent Harvey Mudd is saying that with engineering and art schools say that with life, just jump in and do it. Another thing we didn't talk about is the kids who maybe aren't prepared for college or mm. mm -hmm. if they have a passion, if they do, art school might maybe be a way to to transition a little easier meaning the work is not any easier um there's a ton of homework in art schools possibly more than in liberal arts schools but you learn time management you learn what you are capable of you stretch yourself in a supportive environment for the kid who's unsure of his or herself or is in any way LGBT or uncomfortable art school might be a much uh more comfortable or safer or supportive environment in which to develop. Would you say that art schools just have happier kids? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the kids are ever happy or at least content, but um <laughs> um from from you know, I visit a lot of art schools and I talk to the kids and I look at them and that's not to say that the engineers aren't happy. but i think that a lot of the kids at art schools that i've seen um were very happy that they made that choice i think that's a great um great thing to say because i feel like sometimes students are worried that if i do this will i regret it so i think it's great to give them that validation that you know 
being confident in that decision and jumping right in. Um, and it does sound like, you know, art schools provide students with a lot of the soft life skills um, that they would need across different disciplines. They do. That's one of the hidden gems of art schools that people don't realize is um, it's not just learning to draw. It's if you get so many skills and the fact that your art is critiqued. So first of all, yeah, if you're thin skinned, that might be tough, but it builds up your skin. Secondly, on the flip side, you learn how to critique effectively. You don't just say that artwork is ugly, you use too much paint. You, you learn how to critique, you learn how to highlight the positive. So you learn a lot of very important soft human skills, which let's face it, um, to have that for four years learning, that's amazing. I mean, that is an education. Absolutely. Um, to go back to the portfolio preparation, because this is a student I get, uh, this is a question I get from students. Even kind of like you had said, they are really, they love what they do, but they might be pursuing another major. And many colleges, even if you don't decide to major in um, an art field, allow you to su uh, submit a portfolio. When do you think a student should or should not submit a portfolio? Oh, that's a good question. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's not that it can hurt you to submit a portfolio, but for art schools, um, a portfolio is at least, if not more important than your GPA or test scores. So if your portfolio isn't all that, that's the beginning of the answer right there. But normally the people a student should go to is like the art teacher, the music teacher, or if the student is studying the craft outside of school to that person, or if they know a professional in that field to just ask to critique it. A lot of times the schools will say on their website what kind of materials they want, especially in music. So it might be a jazz piece, a blues piece, an original, um, they will tell you. But any, like I said, any kid or any parent who has a kid who in any way is interested in any art, just keep the stuff. I mean, you could always throw it out when they're 18 and they go to school. Um, <laughs> keep the stuff. You just never know. Agreed. <laughs> Tally, I was, uh, I, I, I toured um, Vanderbilt uh, last year and I, uh, walked down the road not too far, and I, I came on um, another school that is right in the neighborhood called Belmont. And it's uh, basically, it prides itself as one of the, uh, it is an art school for basically for musicians is what their focus is. Uh -huh. they, they are, it is a focus for musicians, but also it's one of the most highly recommended and highly looked, sought after schools for music business. So those who want to uh, work in the business of music and in talking with students on the campus and especially after coming right from Vanderbilt, it was very similar things that I heard in that kind of a liberal arts background where you get the exposure of, of, you know, great books, great works of art, and you identify where you fit in the world and what your passions are through that kind of liberal arts idea. But a lot of the students, I mean, it's very different focus from those students who are on Vanderbilt's campus versus Belmont. But you heard a lot of the same influences of education. Would you say that that kind of liberal arts feel of exposure to many different things also applies to art school? Totally. Totally. Because it's all about creating conversations and hearing other opinions. You don't have to agree with them, but just, you know, acknowledge them. And... 
I think that you find, um, you know, if you've been reading the news lately, that a lot of college campuses aren't entirely comfortable having dialogue, but you read, you don't read as much about that in art school campuses. Agreed. One of the areas of, of art that uh, we haven't talked about is um, art and music as therapy. So mm -hmm. uh, you talked about your daughter going into um, psychology and art, which actually are two things that I've studied as well. And I see them as very similar and very much a sounding board for one another. And I was curious, how many students do you find uh, are looking towards those kind of, of collaborations between art and music and psychology? A lot. A lot, and you're absolutely right, they do go together. I'm sort of a believer just personally, because I like music, that um, music can, is therapy. I think humor is therapy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a lot of things we have around us are therapy, we don't realize it, but certainly the arts produce it. So yeah, um, many of the um, therapy degrees are masters anyway. So there's no reason not to take an art, you know, for your bachelor's and then go on to master's for the therapy. Exactly. The culinary arts are therapy, too. I just wanted to throw that in. <laughs> I agree. And that's another, you know, that's sort of another subject altogether. But I think that that's sort of, um, I'm, I, I would lump culinary arts together with co-op schools um, and kind of along with art schools in that you get that real world experience. And again, with our economy being so different with, you know, kids in other parts of the world having work experience at the age of 17, 18, why is culinary school a bad way to go? Yeah. That's Agreed. a good point. I mean, I sort of, I sort of think that we, we have to look at our college search in one of two ways. The, the regular, typical way of what does the kid want, what, what does he or she want to study, but also to the extent that we can look in our crystal ball and figure out where's the world going to be, what yes. are some of the trends mm. we're seeing now, because there are trends, and uh, I sort of find that I've become much more newspaper junkie because I want to be on top of what's going on, so as to do my college search not not to start it, but to do it with what's going on in the world. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like if I have a very, very liberal kid, um, there are some schools that aren't going to go on the list, um, even though they might be liberal schools, but if now they don't want, they don't encourage dialogue, what's the point? Mm, that's a great point. Yeah, and if you have the skill of, of making, and people who have listened to this podcast and Anna know, I think anyone who can make a good grilled cheese sandwich <laughs> or good ice cream, they, they pretty much can find an occupational, you know, they, they, they can find a job anywhere. Yes, I think that's actually true because it's a skill. You're absolutely right. That's why I'm so into art schools because you come out with a skill and a confidence. And um, confidence is a huge trait that many of us go into the work field and don't have. And how do you do your job well without any confidence? Agreed. I think that's a great point. And I would also add that I would think at art school, it is also about um, networking and cultivating relationships too, um, that they would become much more refined at that at an art school too. Yes, and depending on where the school is, and especially if it's urban, um, there are many, many opportunities to network. Um, and, and, you know, that's another way to go because networking is a huge part of any of the arts. 
So Tally, for our audience, you know, that are really, you know, interested in pursuing art school for their kids, what are some action items that you think they can start working on now in terms of preparing or how do they prepare? Well, do you mean for the various forms? I mean, do you mean aside from the um, artists making more art and actors learning more monologues, that kind of thing? But I think even it would be beneficial to even hear that. Um, to, to know that because I think there are some kids that I've come across that are like, I'm going to be an actor or whatever, but they don't really know the type of work involved. Or for example, do they need to um, try different types of pieces in their portfolio, things like that. Um, so for those that are just even just starting out, what would you recommend they do in terms of preparing for a portfolio one day or other materials? Um, I would recommend that they just Google a bunch of schools, whether they're going to go there or not, who offer that, and see what they want. I would have them maybe go on YouTube and look, um, see what some portfolios need. For the actors, I would certainly have them read a lot of plays, because they're going to have to do it in college. They might as well start now, and start finding material that um, really get their chops going. Mm. Very good. Would you consider uh, somebody who's coming to the realization that that art school is something that they want to pursue, um, say they're 16, 17 years old, and they don't have a portfolio together and they don't have monologues. If if you were, I, and there again, I know it's specific to certain genre of art, but is the first thing that you would have them do if they're coming late to the game is make sure that they do start to collect everything that they can and actually entertain and um, develop new pieces specifically for portfolios that match those requirements. Like when you said, have them look at what schools want. Should they actively try to um, combine and gather that for a portfolio? I think so, because again, for art schools, the portfolios are much more telling than a GPA or, you know, which isn't to say that the students should flunk. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> no, no, I'm just suggesting that if in any way there's any kind of interest, please save it, you know, and, and if there's any kind of interest, please pursue it. I mean, I know that kids in high school are very overworked, but at some point we all tell them um, you need to start looking at college. Well, why don't they start first by looking at what interests them, and then they could look at college. You know, in the way we do our college search, what do you like, what do you not like? Let them start thinking what they like. Let them look at a YouTube and see what it's like to be an unemployed actor, or let them look at YouTube and see what it's like to put a portfolio together, see if they can do it. That is such invaluable advice, Tally. And um, you had mentioned that, you know, the portfolio is more important than grades. I once had a student who was convinced he was going to be a rock star and therefore didn't try as hard in school. Um, and then, you know, somewhat changed his mind along the way. So I was going to ask you how important are grades and how should a student prepare, and, you know, in terms of balancing their time between schoolwork and their craft? That's really hard. That's really hard because it depends, you know, it depends on the, how hard their school is, how many APs they're taking. You know, on one hand, we tell them take a lot of honors and APs so they have all the schoolwork, but that doesn't always leave time for the art. Um, so I think that's really an individual answer and, you know, depends on the household and how much support the student gets from the parents regarding the art. 
Right. Well, if a student is fighting the parents, that's a different conversation. So the converse to that, Tally, um, if you, if we know some of the things that art schools are specifically looking for. And when we work with uh, the general population of students, we, we acknowledge that there are certain extracurricular activities and leadership roles that schools like to see and that kind of thing. In, is that the same for art schools? Are they looking for the same extracurriculars, the, the same type of leadership roles or the same type of, of uh, community service roles? Or are they looking for those students who have actually pursued more of an artistic bent in the way that they um, communicate with the community? I would think the latter, but possibly if you're looking at the bigger colleges, you know, regular universities that right. have art departments, it might be the other answer because um, usually the university will accept you first and then your materials um, get sent to the art departments. So I think that depends. If you are looking at a big university, you might still want to stick with the grades. Yep. What are some of the extracurricular activities that you've seen uh, some of the students you work with who are pursuing art school specifically? What are some of the extracurriculars that have been um, successful and gain, gaining the attention of, of art schools? Dance. Um, a lot of, um, um, I know one kid who uh, tap dances, which is sort of hard to find. And there's um, um, a very wonderful organization that you have to be invited to called Young Arts, which is life-changing. I mean, you pretty much are with your performers for like three weeks. So there are programs that you can get invited to. There are programs that you can go to over the summer. Any musician, I'd certainly recommend the Berkeley five-week summer program. Yep. Um, probably the most fun they'll ever have, even if they don't <laughs> be musicians. <laughs> um, um, but, they, you know, I mean, there are a lot of wonderful art programs. And just basically keep your summers busy in, in whatever you want, but keep them busy. Even if it's travel, then travel and take photographs. Or, I mean, just keep busy, stay artistic, stay open. Very good. You mentioned travel. I had to had to ask. Um, one of the things that I actually encourage students um, to do is travel as much as they can, what they can afford, or just to even get out of their their bubble. And um, especially here in Seattle, we need to get out of our bubble. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, I think that gives them a, a different worldview. But I hadn't thought of the the picture. Uh, taking pictures and, and actually, you know, making a running dialogue of what, what some of the things that they've seen. I, I would think that that would actually work well for art school applications. I think so, because it's another way of just, you know, expressing yourself. Um, I know that, for example, for my uh, company, I have an Instagram account, and I just do it for my own fun because, you know, my background is with cameras and pictures, and it's my relaxation. So I do my own Instagramming. I make my own little memes and it's just so much fun and it's a way of recording where I've been, you know, whatever it is. Um, so I think everyone at this day and age has a phone. The phone has a microphone. It has a camera. It has notes. You've got your whole application right there. Callie, <laughs> exactly. you do memes. I am, I am such a fan. I'm now going to find some of your I memes. was just going to say, oh, I have to go find you on Instagram now. Go to my Instagram page. It's hilarious. And um, you'll see it doesn't have a, a specific look on purpose because I want it to be artistic, eclectic, yet academic. Because the one thing I will say, um, 
I know we're running out of time. There's a misconception that art schools are easy. And I think a lot of parents are hesitant to spend the money because art schools are easy. But let me say they're not. And they're extremely time consuming. And um, every project you think will take a certain amount of time generally takes double. And it's a lot harder than people think. So I would just like to throw in there that, that they kind of deserve the credit um, and respect that they don't always get. That's a great point. I think I was going to ask you that earlier is that, you know, do some students probably think, oh, if I go to art school, it'll, it's still a degree, but it, it should be a walk in the park. But clearly that is not the case. Do you have um, any like closing thoughts and final advice for our listeners? Oh my gosh. Um, well, <laughs> they have to re-listen to this because we've given them a lot of very useful information they should hear again. I don't know. What do you think? Well, art school is not easy. That is one thing I think that I, I, I really, in the art schools that I've visited, not only is it not easy, but the amount of work that is involved with uh, art school is equal to or more than any uh, of, you know, any other major at, at another school. And I think that's one thing if students are looking for an easy out thinking that art's the way to go, they need another look. They do. And, 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 and parents too. In other words, um, the kids might know that art school isn't easy, but parents might think it's frivolous. Um, it's not. It might not be what they want their kids to study, and that's fine and, and legitimate. But, you know, many classes in art school are six hours long. You don't have six-hour lectures in, you know, political science. That's true. Um, Very a lot of film class, <laughs> classes were six hours long, and that's before you do homework. So wow. art is extremely time-consuming. And if you're making movies, as you know, take one doesn't work. You might be up to take 30. That's really time-consuming. Um, and so people forget that. And that's why I'm saying that time management is one of the big things that students learn very quickly in art school. They really learn how to juggle their time and they have to learn to be independent. I think those are two amazing qualities for success. They are, they are. That's why I think that um, art school kind of in its own way teaches life skills. We can all use more life skills. Yes, we can. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tally, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I had the best, best time. Thank you, Tally. Thanks for listening to the Coast to Coast College Admissions Podcast, where we make getting into college easy and fun. Don't forget to go over to iTunes and subscribe to get updated each week when we release a new episode. Also, for more helpful college admissions information, visit our website at www.c2ccollegepodcast.com.